0: And we don't so want true. extraordinarily average people the things that you are naturally strong at which are more than likely things that led you to start the type of business that you started if you can improve those skills strategically and complement them with other skills it's going to help you to become world class world class as a professional world class as a leader
1: Thank you for listening. This is Brett Trainer, your host for Hardwired for Growth, a podcast where we strive to help entrepreneurs and business owners not only grow their businesses, but scale them. We do this by having conversations with industry experts and the founders who have successfully scaled their own businesses. The voice you heard a moment ago is that of Gregory Skeet. Gregory started his career as a mechanical engineer before turning to leadership development. He is a globally certified coach, trainer, and speaker with the John Maxwell team. And he's also studied under the likes of other trusted leadership experts like Les Brown and Dr. Ivan Misner, as well as business experts like Lee Cockerell and Sir Richard Branson. Gregory's background has allowed him to provide a unique and powerful perspective on how entrepreneurs can become the best versions of themselves, and not only transform themselves, but also their businesses. The questions we answer today are why you need to build your business with the end in mind, why process and documentation are fundamental to scalable growth, why benevolence is important for the entrepreneurial journey, why inspiration is better than motivation, and a lot, lot more. Now onto the intro. Welcome back. You're listening to Hardwired for Growth, a podcast dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and business owners who are looking for sustainable and scalable growth strategies led by your host, Brett Trainer. Hi, Gregory. Welcome to the show. Hi, Brett. Great to be here. I'm glad you can have me. Uh, it's, it's, it's great to have you. As my international reach expands, I can safely say you're my first guest from Barbados. Correct? You're in Barbados today, right? <laughs> most definitely true i have the heat to prove it <laughs> <laughs> uh, not the problem that we have here in the state so we can be be jealous as we go through this conversation so so again thank you for joining in you know i always look for you know, unique guests that bring some perspective to help us think about you know the growth problem maybe a little bit differently and with your background, I'll let you get into it a little bit between, you know, engineering and leadership and how that yeah. applies to, to growing a business, you know, it absolutely fascinates me. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the discussion. So to, to kick us off, why don't, why don't we start there? Tell us a little bit about your background and, you know, what you're working on today.
0: All right. Perfect. So uh, first of all, greetings to all listeners of the show. Great you can have me. I wish I could share just a little bit of warmth from Barbados (laughs) with you. So I hope it comes through my voice, even if not through the weather. (laughs) I'm looking forward to sharing with you guys. So about my background. My background is firstly in mechanical engineering. That's what I studied. I've worked in power generation for a while. I've worked in HVAC, which is heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. And... That took me into a role in manufacturing. So I was very fortunate early in my career to be hired as part of a graduate engineer program. And it was a program, the first of its kind in this particular conglomerate, the biggest beverage company in Barbados. And it was designed to develop someone who could lead any one of the companies within three to five years. And that exposed me to some of the best mentors that you could ever ask for persons from Barbados as well as Mexico and Europe who really helped me to, to see the, the potential that exists for my career beyond hardcore engineering. So I started there and then, you know, we're going to talk about leadership a little later, but I found myself in a unique, a unique situation, Brett. I was basically employee number one after a management team had been replaced at one of the companies and that was a very interesting journey being in that position having to start from the ground up basically public enemy number 1 as well <laughs> after people lost their friends and some of their close colleagues and the process of you know developing your career from that point where you saw that engineering was was not enough you know and that leadership right. had to be a factor in actually achieving your goals so I started there, and that journey led me to realize that leadership was, was important. I went on to become a John Maxwell certified coach, lead, um, trainer, and speaker. So internationally, I'm able to deliver some of his very best content, and I was able to apply it to my corporate career at that time as well. However, I kind of reached a, a, lid, a limit to how far I could go in that corporate space at that time without any room to grow in the company after the big picture vision began to change in a sense. And I took the opportunity to go full-time into developing my own businesses, which I had started on the side at that time. And that would be the professional coaching and training, which I do via Life Engineer Inc., but then also helping children in a similar way via the Paley Pelican company, where I also have written and published some children's books, the first to ever win a digital award for literature in Barbados. And I took a step, a leap of faith, starting a business as many of your listeners, you know, is one of the toughest things that you can do. There are many things that you realize that you didn't know. And many of the things that you learned in big enterprise and big corporate actually don't apply (laughs) immediately. And you have to learn a new way of thinking. Thankfully, some more opportunities opened up as well. And I was selected for the Young Leaders of the Americas initiative that was led by President, former President Barack Obama at that time. And it took me to the US to Chicago, actually, where I was based. And I had a chance to work there for a while, some time in Washington, DC, and Dallas, Texas, as well, to get a sense of working and living in the US.
1: What were you, if you don't mind me, stop you. I just want to ask you sure. a couple of questions because, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, the, the fascinating jump from, you know, mechanical engineer and manufacturing to getting internationally certified in coaching. And yeah. I know you were, you're giving us the high level, but i are just curious, you know, most people that are starting their careers, you know, don't yeah. run into that wall or realize there's something else you know that quickly was there something specific or was it just you know you got into this world of leadership and really didn't understand and wanted to get deeper I'm just kind of curious what made you take Uh, the leap to go get certified
0: yeah okay so it was a a couple of things that were happening almost simultaneously I say the first thing is that I began to understand the true meaning of the word engineering so you know, when I chose engineering as a career, honestly, one of the reasons that I chose it was because I wasn't sure what I actually wanted to do <laughs> <You're> <laughs> when I was going there. <laughs> I wasn't sure. And I had the good fortune, Brett, of having a, a family member who was a professional engineer. He told me, Greg, if you aren't sure, engineering is one of the best careers that you can choose because it leaves many options open. So you can move from engineering to, you know, IT or law, or business, or you could just be hardcore engineering all the way through, but it left options open. And it was easier to go from engineering to something else than vice versa. Not impossible, but just perhaps a little easier in certain ways. And then I went to another workshop where a senior engineer, he said that engineering was one of the oldest professions in the world. I think he said following teaching. And he explained that the word engineering actually came from the Latin word, which was derived from ingenuity, right?
1: Uh, and sense, he, yeah. Yeah,
0: so he explained that ingenuity is simply creative problem solving and that anywhere that problems exist, there's actually an engineering application that is relevant. And when I thought about it, I said, you know, who, who has problems? Every single person, whether it's parenting, whether it's starting a business advancing your career or just getting to work on time. (laughs) We all practice problem solving every single day. So to bring that back to your question, when I was in this challenging situation Brett, I realized that I had a problem. I was good at engineering, I was good at operations management but I was not good at leadership and I was in a position where you know I was good at the the technical aspects of my work production and systems and that other element of management but I didn't necessarily have people on board. There were people who were hurting from a previous experience. And it it put me in a situation where I was really up against the ropes. And then one of my mentors from Mexico, he pulled me aside one day and said, "You know, Greg, I think you're struggling a bit. I, I think I need to help you. And he asked me, what do you know about leadership? And I said, well, you know, I think that's something that comes later in my career when I reach a certain position like you, And I get a full management role, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, no, man, you are lost. Because if you don't learn leadership now, you'll never get those positions. He asked me what I was reading. And I said, I was studying food and beverage technology, you know, systems development, all the technical stuff. He pulls me aside in his office and he says, look at this book. He goes to Amazon.com and it's the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John C. Maxwell. I read that book, studied that book, and saw all the mistakes that I was making day in, day out. I was trying to lead people without having a connection. You know, one of the laws says right, that leaders ask for, ask for a heart before they ask for a hand. And I didn't have a connection with some of the members of my team. For example, there was one guy who was actually the informal leader in the team, and everyone was looking to him. I had the position, but I didn't have the influence. And he had an interest in horse racing. Now, I didn't know anything about horse racing. But I realized that that was a chance for us to make a connection, practicing the laws that I was learning. And I started, you know, reading newspapers about the racing results and maybe taking in a race or two on the weekends. And we started to, to connect. And as our relationship grew, my leadership capacity across the entire team also grew. Just from taking the time to invest, invest, invest in people. And yeah. then as it started to help my corporate results, like, you know, like people were seeing me set production shift records for production and senior management might say, you know, what what caused that? And they asked me if it's about production planning or operations management. I was like, no, I learned how to lead. And I could actually delegate to my team and empower them to do what they know they can do. And I could be very much hands off and they got results, you know? So yeah, when I they- saw that work, yeah, say. <laughs>
1: No I was just going to kind of reinforce that point it's such great advice and you know fortuitous that you had a mentor that realized you know where yeah. where your gap is cuz I think that is still <laughs> one of the biggest you know hurdles that we have, definitely yeah. in corporate America. But yeah. you know, applying that to the small business and small the founders business. as they start to grow, how do you connect with the team you're building? And it's not, you made the great point. It's not the position and the power; it's the relationship yeah. piece of it. So you know, congrats yeah. to you, really I said earlier, now it helps me see the the clearer picture to to where we're going.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so so yeah that that kind of that kind of hit it. But then I also want to add which should be really important to to all the persons you know building a small business from the ground up we often think of leadership as influencing other people but we overlook the first and most important person which is ourselves and there are many people who who you know want to build a team want to build this organization build a business from the ground up but you overlook yourself in the process just like like i did but we know that no organization, no small business is ever any better than the person leading it. And when you invest in raising your lid, lifting your lid, growing your capacity, it enables you to do so much more. And that element of personal development for any business owner is so, so essential, Brett, because you can never outperform, your company can never outperform you as an individual.
1: Such great advice. And two, I think, (laughs) you know, I think you're right Too often get caught up on the building and of the business and the product. And, you know, I'm obviously a big believer in the customer, if you can't figure that out, but to to (laughs) truly get the scalable business, it it makes, it makes a lot of sense. And I think you already started to answer the question, but I think it's a Mm. good segue into, you know, if that would be, you know, want to be entrepreneurs or small business owners out there now that are looking to kind of scale their business, I'd love you to kind of walk through, you know, how you help, you know, business owners think about it holistically and, you know, maybe some of your perspective on, and how you approach those engagements with, with those entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the first thing I'd like to share is the importance of beginning with the end in mind. So some listeners may be familiar with that line from Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, but it's applicable every in every single instance. So with our clients, what we often do is basically beginning with a blueprint. And it's not specifically just about the business, but building a business that matches the life that you want because you know, Brett, I really believe that business and money, they're they're tools. They're tools to facilitate a better life for yourself and, and those around you, family, friends, to make a difference for those people. But oftentimes what happens is that it's possible to build a business that actually diminishes the quality of your life. So you're caught up maybe working too many hours or you're in an area that is not really your natural strength So when it comes to designing a business and building it or re-engineering it, if you've already started, I think it's very important to first begin with knowing what you want for your life itself. That your strategy for your business is derived from your strategy for life itself. So if we fast forward, take a time travel journey, so to speak, and we jump ahead maybe, you know, 30 or 40 or 50 years, and you see yourself at that stage looking back at what you've done, what is the type of business that facilitates the memories that you want. Are you growing a business to sell it that, you know, you you check out after five years or 10 and you get a big paycheck one time? Are you building something that you actually want to lead, you know, as long as you can to build a massive vision, shape or culture? These questions actually influence the way you go about building the business. So I say, number one, starting with the end in mind. And then after that, Is really a combination of people and process. So sometimes we think about building our teams on the people side. We think about hiring people, hiring, you know, full time support, being an assistant or salesperson and so forth. But your team, the people, it doesn't have to be all, you know, full time employees. Your team can be the contractors that you work with on a project by project basis. Your team can be your investors, your shareholders, these are all elements that support the ecosystem of your business, of course, with the goal of serving your customers. And leadership flits right in there perfectly because we think of leadership from the internal sense of building a team and, you know, leading that, that core internal master towards a goal. But leadership also applies to being able to influence external parties, external people. So you want to move from a place where you're trying to sell to customers to being able to influence customers that they want to do business with you. Because sense. Uh, Let me ask you just a a (laughs) quick question going
1: back to that, because, you know, one of the, the questions, a lot of, the owners and founders I you know I work with or speak with the yeah. challenge is I know I need to start hiring people and you know I'm I'm with you hundred percent on the, the contractors and you may yeah. not need a full-time person but I find the vast majority of the time they yeah. really haven't defined the process, right? Yeah, so if you're bringing yeah. somebody on, where are they in the, you know, the, the customer journey, if you will, without defining it, you're just not gonna bring three salespeople on. And I just <laughs> love to get your perspective on where the process piece falls into the, the pre-people, or maybe you have a different approach. I'm, I'm just really curious.
0: Yeah, so they, 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 they go hand in hand. So it's almost a case where you start with people, which is you, the business leader. And then that can, that can segue into how you're serving your customers. So thinking what problem you're solving for them. And then we hop across from people into process. And we think about what are the actual steps that I'm taking to fulfill and solve this, this problem. And process Every single thing in life in nature is a process. And <laughs> we think about, <laughs> when you we think about, that. yeah. <laughs> when, we, when we think about the way a plant grows, what happens when a seed is dropped into the earth and soil and water and sun, you know, impact on this thing? It happens very systematically, very sequentially, without rush, but the results are very assured. And many times in this small business and. You know, Brett, I'm guilty of this too. I knew this stuff when I was working in big corporate and I, I didn't apply it when I first started because you're hustling, you're, you know, often working paycheck to paycheck and you're thinking, when, when do I have the time to sit down and work on my processes? Right. But every entrepreneur has to reach that point where you realize that you have to separate time working in the business and time working on the business. Because when we're thinking hardwired for growth, It's all about working on the business, putting things in place, the foundation that allow you to build a skyscraper, as opposed to pitching tents and moving from place to place. So process as you were saying is what facilitates that. What are the steps in my customer experience or my user journey? What are the steps in my sales transaction? What are the steps in my marketing? How do we go about creating a great marketing message? Because you're 100% correct, Brett. If you don't have process in place and you bring people, you bring them into chaos. Yes. And it creates more chaos and more complexity and more frustration for the business owner. And I'm sure you've we've all been there as entrepreneurs, you know, deep down in chaos.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I absolutely and you know i think the one thing we could could say and at least i think you're on board but when we yeah. talk about process you don't have to do a super detailed flow chart but just be yeah. really clear on the steps right think of it more of a it is a flow chart than versus you know detailed workflows maybe to to understand as you get bigger and or scaling quicker then you can put more detail around it but you know, exactly. i really like that that approach that you have
0: is true because, for example, you know, some people think about the detailed processes, but we can create them as simple or as, as complex as we would like. So if we took the process of, let's say, frying an egg in the morning, you know, on a detailed level, you may think about go to kitchen, open pantry, get the frying pan, get the oil, go to fridge, get the eggs, get the salt, get the pepper, get the butter, start the stove, all of that. But a process could also be, you start, prepare to fray egg, fray egg, and then clean up and end. And you know that in each of those processes, there's a bunch of subroutines that happen. Right. right? But you can choose to create it at a high level just to give structure. And as you said, over time, you build out more detail. But it's very important. And I really want the entrepreneurs to get this. In the process of creating a business that is ready to grow, the first step in in getting your processes engineered is documentation. If you don't have them documented, you can't effectively analyze them. So if we look at how companies like Toyota operate and how they they schedule and, and monitor their improvement, everything is documented first. And you can document, however bad it is, that's okay. Or you just need to know what happens today. Because once you have that mapped out in front of you, you can say, you know what? This process is taking two hours. This process takes 30 minutes. This part takes 15 minutes. And it actually gives you a guide as to the resources you need when you're building out your team on the people aspect of it. And it gives them a target of what is realistic to work towards. Because you can't hold team members accountable if you don't know what the standards should be. And big businesses do it all the time. But I think it's very important for businesses that last, like small businesses, to start it when it's still small, because it gives you a chance to grow together and grow in a stronger and more structured way.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's the biggest, and, and you say a lot of enterprise and big companies do it well i'd argue a lot of them don't (laughs) that's (laughs) right also true (laughs) and and they didn't build it into the dna of their company and now they're trying to go back and rework where especially on the b2b side where they could get away with forcing customers down their sales process where that's changing and them trying to pivot is really hard. So if you can at least build the fundamentals into a small business, you know, (laughs) it's much easier to scale. And your story about the the fried egg, there's a video going around and if I can find it, I'll I'll put it in the show notes. Mm. And it was a dad (laughs) challenging his two kids to create instructions for making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich
0: yes yes have you you seen that yeah i have that's
1: great for the show notes that's really good oh it's fantastic because the (laughs) the boy got frustrated and quit but the the girl probably went back six times because the dad would literally say put the knife in the peanut butter he dropped the knife in the peanut butter so i love that exercise to get the kids thinking about clarity and in the instruction of it Taking exactly. us off topic a little bit, but I thought that was, was fantastic. So
0: no, that's perfect, perfectly relevant. I actually shared that in a workshop just last week. Oh, did you? You know, yeah. And the people uh, loved it. So that's very good for the show notes.
1: <laughs> timing is everything. So exactly. All right. So I, I kinda took us off the path a little bit. You're talking about people in process was yeah. number two. So what's was there more to that or are you were you moving on to number three?
0: yeah so we have the people in process, and we explain kind of how that shifts from one element to the next. so you start of personal development, developing yourself as the person leading it, but with the idea that you put process into your thinking from the beginning as as simple as it as it can be, you know some entrepreneurs like to use like you know trello or or slack just to just to get it down. Because once you have it down, then you can improve it. But if you don't have it down, it's near impossible to do it all in your mind. We know how many things we have in our minds as entrepreneurs every day. But developing that process then allows you to scale in terms of adding more people that execute the work. Because I firmly believe, Brett, that every entrepreneur should build the business as if they're going to sell it, even if they have no intention of doing it. So many folks listening may have listened or have read the, the e-myth by yes. Michael Gerber. Yeah. And that, that really explores process and the importance it plays in creating this small business that lasts. Because if you're going to sell your business, you can't sell all your thoughts you have in your mind about how things should work. You basically hand over an operations manual that says, this is how to run my business. And if you run it this way, you're more or less to a certain extent of probability, gonna achieve these results, right? Right. Yeah, so it's almost like we go people to process and then back to people to execute the process because we understand that the real goal of leadership is not to point out the failure of other people, but to put systems in place that prevents those failures. So if yeah,
1: you're that's, <laughs> that's that's so good. And I just wanted to highlight, yeah. I don't mean to keep taking it off topic, but you had that mentioned early about the, the the end in mind and you had talked yeah. about You know what is it you want the business to be and i think this may be a good time to kind of reinforce look if you're if you're you're thinking about starting your own business or maybe you've you've just started and you're wondering where it's going you hear all this process talk and maybe that's not for me and so maybe that that lifestyle business is a better path where you can live, I'd still recommend documenting some of the key processes because it's going to make your life easier, a checklist, yeah. if you will. But yeah. you know, yeah. that may be a better path for, for certain folks when they're looking to you know, start a business.
0: Yeah, that's, that's spot on, Brett, because the business should, should serve the type of life that you want to live. But I also fully agree with you that even if it's the lifestyle type business, it doesn't mean that it has to be you know, unprofessional or that you right. can't put certain things in place, even in terms of process. It may be just be you on social media, posting, you know, about your personal services and the things that you're doing. But if you think about digital technology, we're so fortunate to be in this age of the internet and connectivity down to doing this interview right now. So if you think about this age that we're in, all the content that you're producing are really, they are really digital assets that are not going to go away. So you may be in a lifestyle business, but what is stopping your children and your grandchildren from benefiting from your personal brand? That the content that you've put out, that you've accumulated over years, that that doesn't still fit into a system that you know, 200, 300 years from now after we're all gone, that your family is still benefiting from your content and they know the system that you use to produce it and monetize it. I think that's something powerful.
1: Wow. That really is. <laughs> I never actually stopped and thought of it that way, but that's absolutely right. Everything's in a record in an archive now. And wow. Interesting.
0: Yeah, <laughs> definitely.
1: All right. So yeah. again, I took a took you off track. <laughs> I promise we'll we'll get through all of your, your approach, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. And again, part of where I, I love to have folks on like you is I learn every time yeah. I have different guests. So I do like to, stop and ask questions as as we go through just because I think there's some value into digging into you know certain aspects of the topic so yeah carry on this is this is good (laughs) so we've got you know people to process and then back to
0: people Um, yeah where do we go from there all right so yeah so we covered that bit the people in process and we started with uh, beginning with the end in mind so having the blueprint building around people and process, so you're building out the blueprint, just as you would for a vehicle, a house, the clearer that we can see what that future looks like, the easier it is to build the right processes and bring the right people around. So if you're building a, a cruise liner, you need a certain type of specialist, you need a certain type of person. If you're building a motorcycle or a jet ski, as we have here in the Caribbean, it's a different type of person. And the clearer you have that vision for your business, even if it's small. As we said, this is the perfect time to to put certain things in place that makes it easier to stand for the long term, because we're playing the long game as entrepreneurs. So, you know, in my opinion, it can be as simple as having those two beginning of the end in mind, and then understanding people and process that connection, how to how to lead people and manage process. That's going that is is going to create results for you, no doubt. But one of the other things that I want to share. Is the aspect of benevolence and doing things that make a difference for people, whether it's your customers who benefit from your business, your family who benefits from you succeeding at this business. It's so important for entrepreneurs to keep that element of service close to their heart and in the forefront of their minds because. Many times when we are, you know, bogged down and frustrated and feeling the pain, Brett, the pain of building a business from the ground up. If you're like me and you started without any savings or any resources, you know the pain and sacrifice that, that it takes just, just to get going, just to see the first results. And in those moments, it can be, it can be easy to let the frustration block your bigger picture, vision, and mission of why you even began a business in the first place. And I think it's important that entrepreneurs, whatever size you're at today, keep in the forefront of your mind. So put it in your notebook where you write, put it on your desktop, the why for why you began this business, your personal purpose, because oftentimes that's the only thing that's going to keep you actually moving <laughs> when the disappointments exist. You know, I've been in situations where like in the, my children's publishing education company where you've put in all this work to create a book, a children's publication. And it was one issue, when I didn't have some of my processes in place where I didn't have a contract for a particular job. It was a verbal agreement, you know, gentle, gentleman's words, so to speak. <laughs> right. And I did a whole bunch of work, Brett, you know, over a year and a half of work to produce the finished thing. And then the person who was there left that company. And my verbal agreement was basically null and void. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't have the legal processes in place. My, my fault. <laughs> but it hurt. <laughs>
1: oh, without a doubt. Yeah. It, lesson it, learned, it, though, right? <laughs>
0: Less, lesson learned, Brett. Lesson learned. Yeah. So, I mean, I think... Go ahead. I'm sorry, Gregory. Oh no, no problem. I, I was just gonna say was I was able to save it and turn it around, but it took so much time after the fact just to just to get things aligned and get things back on stream. But if I if I couldn't keep hold of my why that I knew this would you know benefit the children who would read this book, that I knew this would benefit my employees, my team members, my family by getting it done, I had to keep that in the forefront just to keep going through the disappointment of expecting a PhD that, that didn't come for, you know, months later.
1: <laughs> right. And I think you put it much more eloquently than I put it, but <laughs> the way I, you know, I think about in, in, you know, tell entrepreneurs or founders, and you know, this yeah. is lessons learned from folks like you, I talk to it's, if you're just chasing the end, then yeah. you get to the end, you're going to be disappointed. It's all about it. If you don't enjoy the grind and the journey yeah, and the process yeah. that you're going through, then yep. stop, right? Because it's, it's not going to pay off. Just like you with the book, it was—you yeah. enjoyed the process. You know where it was going, you were going, but it yeah. wasn't just going through the process. So I like to say you put it much more eloquently than <laughs> I put it, but you know, I, I agree with you, and it's it's important to keep that in mind and you know kind of leads to a couple of other you know thoughts mm-hmm. along those lines with you know many of the, the guests especially the founders that have shared kind of their growth stories talk yeah. about being that 10 year overnight success right yeah. and you know one of the things that i don't think we can measure but you know doing this show now for uh, half a year, believe it or not, is mm. <laughs> you know persistence seems to be one of the top vali- variables between success or failure. Now I don't talk as many people that didn't make it, but yeah. you know yeah. I think I had underappreciated perseverance as a key characteristic of the entrepreneur. And I don't think you're going to stay persistent unless you're enjoying the process of of what you're doing. So. You know, I'd love to yeah. get your perspective on the companies you've worked with or the founders and business owners. Is that, is that consistent with what you see?
0: Yeah, 100%. That, that is totally spot on, Brett, because we, for all the technical skills that we have as people, we're still just that, people. You know, We're driven by emotion and feeling first, and we justify it with logic. Anyone who's done sales training would, would have heard that before. People buy on emotion and we justify with logic. The same thing often happens when it comes to us doing our work. If you're not emotionally tied to actually enjoy, as you said, the process and have some element of, of love for what you're doing, you you won't have the persistence and perseverance required if it is just about the paycheck because you know, one of the things that that you know, my wife helped me to remember too is that money comes and goes. <laughs> it <laughs> yes, flows. It, does. <laughs> it flows out. You know, anyone in business has seen it happen. It comes in, and then before you know it, gone. And if that, if that, if that flow of cash is tied to your emotional stability, then similarly, your emotional and mental state is also going to be up and down all the time. And in many ways, I had to learn that. You know, sometimes the hard way, because like every entrepreneur, in my mind, I'd be a millionaire by now, you know, <laughs> I'd be done working, the business ran itself <laughs> and, and I can just go. But anyone who starts it, really, there's so much more depth to it to get to that, to get to that stage. But if you don't have that enjoyment for what you're doing, like really feeling the enjoyment, but then also, Brett, the, the belief that this is what you were called to do that this is your purpose, personally, then it's going to be hard to, to persevere. So, you know, it's very hard to enjoy all aspects of your business, especially for a founder. <laughs> right. so I enjoy speaking, I enjoy writing, I enjoy doing my training sessions and coaching entrepreneurs and founders and, and companies. But I don't particularly enjoy managing the administration and paperwork and those legal processes and accounting. But they're all required they're all part of what it takes to to be the general manager of an enterprise that you're building so in those moments especially when i'm sitting preparing tax returns (laughs) or you know (laughs) reviewing stuff with the accountant it's not it's not fun i can't say that i'm having a great time right now but i know that this connects to the big picture of my purpose and for the business to work these other things have to be done and it speaks to developing discipline on a personal side, which is really doing what has to be done, whether you feel like it or not. And the key word being whether you feel like it or not, because we all know what we should be doing. But we usually don't feel like it. <laughs> like going to the gym. <laughs> I had yeah, a goal absolutely. to be going to the gym every week. <laughs> it's November, but as it happened.
1: <laughs> and and you're always in beach season here. We have season, so you understand? Kind of hibernate a little bit in the in the, the winter time. But you yeah, know, it, it's interesting you missing discipline because and I'll screw up what the quote was, but Hmm. you know, the people talk about, I need to get motivated. I need to get motivated. Well, actually you you need to be disciplined. So you do the things you don't want to do when you don't want to do them. Right. Versus people fall. It's nice to be motivated. I like to be motivated, but I think discipline is a much better trait for entrepreneurs to continue to grind through when you don't necessarily want to.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is is most definitely true. And I'll I'll toss this, this little bit in here. I'll tell you what I think is better than motivation, Brett. Inspiration. Ah uh, yes. Because folks, if you're listening, if you can find your inspiration, that comes from within. Motivation is externally driven. Right? Is is from some thought or some person on the outside. So I don't consider myself to be a motivational speaker. People may get motivated as a byproduct, but I want it to be a byproduct of inspiration and education. I want you to feel something inside that says, I can do this, I can be disciplined, I can push through when it hurts. And I want you to have the education to think in the right way, with the right mental models that support your personal goals. Because I think Zig Ziglar said that motivation is like bathing. It doesn't last. You have to do it every day. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. It it just doesn't last. But when you can find the thing that inspires you, folks, and that that speaks to your personal vision in life, the why behind what you're building, what you're building, that doesn't go away. It may get quiet when you become distracted, when you get bogged down and working in your business, but that, it never goes away. And every time you get silent, you're going to know that something inside me was calling me to start this, to do this, to build this. And it won't let you forget it. And after this podcast episode, I'm not going to let you forget it.
1: I won't forget it at this point. No, it's, it's been, I am motivated and now inspired. and Inspired, um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I do want to be <laughs> respectful of your time. I know we're getting close. So yeah, sure. anything, no, anything else that you, you want to cover that, you know, share some of your wisdom with, you know, the, the business owners and entrepreneurs out there?
0: Yeah. All right. So what else can I share? Here's something else that I want to share. We spoke about process a lot during the course of this uh, interview, but I don't want you to limit process to to your business or to your work. I want you to apply process to your to your life and to your growth. You see, you know Brett, when we're at school, be it college, university, or we're taking a professional development course or a corporate training, we're put into a structure where someone is saying, this is your course of growth. You have to take these courses, you have to do this exam. You need to achieve this result to get a passing grade. But when we're not in the formal education system, oftentimes we let ourselves off the hook in terms of having a plan for our growth. So I'll give you an example from, from my own life. People see me as a public speaker now, but you know, 10 years ago, you couldn't pay me to be on a microphone. I get paid to be on a microphone now, but 10 years ago, you couldn't do that because my natural thing was to be the, the operations engineer, the guy behind the scenes that keeps everything working. But I don't want any spotlight or I don't want to be that person up and speaking. And I say that to say that, you know, many people that we see as professional speakers and so on. And this is especially for the introverts on this, on listening to this right now. Public speaking is one of the scariest things you can do people actually rate it higher than dying. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Isn't that a remarkable? That's a remarkable. I've heard re- that. Remarkable thing, but it's, it's not easy, especially the first times that you, you do it. And I had to be very intentional about developing the, the skill of public speaking because it was required to facilitate the dream that I had in mind. If I was going to be helping people, I had to be able to speak to people. I had to be able to communicate ideas, not just be a good thinker that builds things, but be able to put ideas into people's mind that they can build it for themselves. And throughout my life, just like public speaking, I developed a course of action to systematically follow a course of growth that was tied to the end in mind that I was building. You see? So I'm asking you if you're listening, to somewhere, whether it's on paper, in a google document or wherever to have a plan for where you want to be in terms of your skill set this time next year because if you don't have a plan and you leave it to random acts of learning which is which is great learn at any point in time is great but it's not going to be strategic as an entrepreneur you have a limited amount of time You're running a business, people. I know the pain. I know how how little time you have. You may be listening to this podcast as you're in transit right now. Time is short. But it doesn't mean that you can't effectively use it when you're following a plan. So don't just choose which, which, don't just randomly pick up a book, for example. I want you as you step into the next year to know these are the 24 books that I want to read this year, two per month because you wanna improve leadership and you wanna improve public speaking, or you wanna improve marketing and you wanna improve sales, or you want to improve process engineering within your company, or you want to improve team building. But you need to know where your weaknesses lay and where your strengths lay. And I'm not suggesting that you spend too much time working on your weaknesses, because I think when you spend all your time working on your weaknesses, you become an extraordinarily average person. And we don't so want true. extraordinarily average people. The things that you are naturally strong at, which are more than likely things that led you to start the type of business that you started. If you can improve those skills strategically and complement them with other skills, is going to help you to become world-class. World-class as a professional, world-class as a leader, world-class as the entrepreneur building this company you see so i I really want those people everyone listening to apply that process of growth to yourself and how you can you know structure your own professional life and career as an entrepreneur you know many times we don't think about having an entrepreneurial career but you do right now this is a phase in your career (laughs) don't leave it to chance You're absolutely
1: right. And honestly, you're one of the first people I've heard actually talk about being intentional Mm. with what you're learning as an entrepreneur. And it makes perfect sense now that you say it. (laughs) But I really (laughs) haven't had or heard that, that advice. And, you know, even as I've been the last couple of years, really changing course and diving into this world and, you know, being intentional about trying to help small businesses grow, Yeah, yeah. you know, I've still been now that I think about it, a little bit one-off on what I'm learning and, you know, what I'm consuming, I think it's somewhat yeah. directional, but yeah. it, you know, it makes perfect sense to be a little bit more structured about, you know, the, what you have from your, from your time. So yeah, yeah this has been fantastic.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely enjoy enjoying this chat because awesome. we
1: well, tie this okay. back to the, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, tie, tie us oh. back.
0: Yes, yeah, so we tie this back to, the, to where we started of engineering and leadership. So you're leading yourself firstly, but you're applying engineering, which is creative problem solving. And you're thinking about the limitations that you have on your time and where you want to go. And you're creating the, the structure for yourself as an individual that enables you to become the type of person that can build the type of company that you want to build. Yeah. Because success is something (laughs) is, is, is people think about a destination, but it's really the journey, as you said, and someone you become who is capable of producing successful results.
1: And I think that is a perfect way to end this portion of it. I mean, very, yeah. you know, very well said. And I really appreciate your time. This was, was really insightful. And I'm sure the audience yeah. is, is going to get quite a bit out of this. So, but before awesome. I let you go, yep. I'd love to, to kind of hit you with our, our closing time session where yeah. I think the audience has already got a chance to get to know you a little bit, but I'm going to ask <laughs> you a couple questions to let them get to know you a little bit, a little bit yeah. better. So if you're ready, I'll hit you with the first one. Yeah, sure. Go for it. <laughs> what is one thing that you would highly recommend?
0: All right. One thing that I would highly recommend. So I'll, since we talked a lot about business on this call, I'll take a step back and give something that um, I didn't share so far. So what is one thing I would highly recommend? When it comes to the context of life and what is the point of all of life? I think it's really the ability to live a good life. When you think about how short and precious life actually is, we, you know, we have 24 hours in a day. If we sleep for eight, I know many entrepreneurs sleep less. We got 16 hours awake week to make magic across all aspects of it. And I know the business can take a lot out of you. It's taken a lot out of me the hours that people don't see behind the scenes. But I want you, as you journey, as you journey, as you build, as you go through the challenging times, make sure it doesn't take away from your life any the big picture. Make sure that when you see a chance to spend time with your family and friends, you grab it. Make sure when you have a chance to do something nice for someone who's been there for you, that you do it. When you have a chance to help somebody you know, whether it's donating to a school, don't wait until you're a billion dollar company to say you're gonna give 10%. my your last check was a $1,000 coming in, say I'm gonna give 100 to, you know, the local charity. If you don't have money to give, say I'm gonna dedicate one hour of my week to coaching a, a nonprofit founder, for example, who could benefit from your entrepreneurial expertise and the things that you're learning because When we're thinking about the big picture and starting with the end in mind, the things that I think we'll regret at the end of life are those little things, the things that money can't buy or bring back, those moments that are fleeting, that sometimes you only have one shot to do it. Don't let your business take away those moments and cause you to miss them because you can't buy them back, you can't recreate them. When your company has succeeded, the journey that you're on now is going to be forever tied to the past. So make sure that the focus of life is living a good life and that the business that you build serves that purpose.
1: Yeah, so so true, and I I don't even know if I could add anything to that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I I didn't think you could top the talk, but I, you did it. So, uh, but but that is really really good advice, and it, you know, like I said, there's no time like the present. Live in the present, and yeah, you know, don't wait till you get do you think to the end of the journey to you know pay back if you will. So good. That's and like, last yeah. but not least, a little bit more on the fun side. If you could only have one more beverage, and I know you're down. And the ocean side or seaside <laughs> what would it be
0: oh my goodness that's a really tough one because i, I think i probably enjoy beverages more than, than meals sometimes <laughs> <laughs> so i think i have to go with this one which is a combination of a couple of my favorite things i'd have to go with the the pina colada uh, and why do i choose that because it has that combination of island life and the tropics you know nice pineapple and coconut milk and the rum blended in there. But also, I really like dairy, dairy beverages. And I guess in my experience, I was the guy making milkshakes and dairy products for a long time in my career. So I enjoy making those kind of shakes that are dairy based. So I think the coconut milk and the rum and the pineapple to get the tropical feel will be the one that I had to choose.
1: <laughs> there you go. That's definitely a, definitely a first. And, you know, again, if, and you've tied it all back together, which I would expect nothing less at this point in time. So Gregory, th- thank you very much for, for sharing your time and your insights. I appreciate it. The audience appreciates it. And thank if there's you. anyone out there that's interested in learning more about you or reaching out to you, what's the best way for folks to connect
0: with you? Okay, so the the best way you can reach me is via my website. That's www.gregoryskeet.com. And then you can connect with me there via the website or via my social media channels. And I look forward to staying connected with everyone listening here today.
1: Awesome, thank you. I'll make sure we add that to the show notes, Gregory. And uh, you have a great rest of your day. All right, thanks. Same to you,
0: Brett. Thanks, Gregory. (laughs) All right, take care. Bye.
1: Change is inevitable, growth is optional. Solo business owners and small companies need a no-hack business growth solution to cut through the noise. Using the proven ISETT process, Brett helps businesses build stable and reliable growth plans by focusing on what's most important, insight, story, engagement, and talent. To learn more, visit BrettTrainer.com. You've been listening to Hardwired for Growth, to ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player or visit BrettTrainer.com. That's B-R-E-T-T, followed by his last name, T-R-A-I-N-O-R.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.